Hello, uh, this is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska, and my guest is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I think both of us teach primarily online these days, and we've um, we've been having a number of discussions about what I guess you could call the interface between thinking and doing, uh, or thinking using a direction and how to how to make that direction the most effective possible, or perhaps we could frame it as um, using inhibition and making that as effective as possible. And uh, I want to veer into what might be um, perhaps a little more controversial uh, area than, than we've been doing so far. Um, and it's uh, basically of the question, uh, one of the things that pe when people talk about the, the benefits of the Alexander Technique, there's often an idea here that what's really going to be good is you're going to start to notice things. You'll notice things more. You'll be more aware. Self-awareness is one of those things that's kind of part of what often people are told they will get from taking lessons, right? Does that sound reasonable to you? It sounds reasonable and it seems to be true and it's, in my it, experience I think it is true <laughs> uh, but i think there's a little confusion about this business of self-awareness and uh i want to i want to explain where i'm coming from with this and i want to also say this is the first take and there might be very well be some um people might have some ideas that would cause both of us to change our minds about certain things. But it's um, the question, I'm, I, I guess the basic question I have is, is it necessary or even desirable to sense where you're holding tension if you are in the process of using an Alexander Technique direction to make to improve your situation is it important that you know what it is you're hoping to improve perhaps might be another way of putting it as so, opposed to as opposed to thinking well there's every chance that there's there are things i'm doing that are not useful that are not optimal I don't necessarily know what they are, but I would like to make them make it more optimal. But I don't necessarily know what they are. Um, so I don't think you need to know what exactly is. Um, I think what you sent me ahead of time was like where you're holding tension. Yeah. Um, or or what the cause is or any of that um, mm. to be able to um, to 
give a self-direction to do some constructive thinking that could potentially help you release that um, um i do think so you're talking about in in the moment so i don't think it's necessary in the moment i, I do think over time there is a usefulness to becoming more aware of when you become more tense or in less good use to 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 use alexander terminology not that it's probably useful in that moment to directly try and direct your arm to do something different mm -hmm. but more that okay so I've, I've recognized there's something going on here let me use a direction that I've known in the past has been generally helpful and see what happens and yeah. that's a that's different from trying to directly yeah. fix that you notice your shoulder was up like this of course you yeah, that's, let go that's, of that's pretty much <laughs> so, what I have in mind. And um, I, I do want to say something else, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. That <laughs> um, it could be, especially um, along your kind of journey of study, be some useful things to learn along the way about how your arm or your hand functions or... Um, but not that you're going to use that to directly direct the place. In my opinion, that's generally, it's more like that you've got this now background knowledge of how it can optimally function and how it's designed to move, for instance. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for instance, knowing where my sit bones are mm -hmm. is a useful thing. And where the top of your spine is. Yes. A very uh, yeah. useful thing. Yeah, absolutely. But if I start thinking, oh, I've got to put my this sit bone here and there, yeah. it's a little bit different. I'm not, I'm not, I am, I do, I notice I'm on them, <laughs> um, but I'm not really directly directing into them or however some people talk about that. Um, right, right. Well, um, so what what my my take on this is pretty much very similar to yours, but I would think in terms of the um, self-awareness aspect, uh, is it is it best that we think of self-awareness is a is something you intend to do in order or to to have? have that awareness in order to make a useful change which i think some i think i might have argued that in the past that that's well i mean it can be a prompt to it remind you prompt. to do mm -hmm. your direct your inhibition and your direction right? right um but you could do that without a prompt if you're you know I think I think it's is well. So the question to me is: is is self awareness something to bring to bear in order to make things better for you, or is it something that um, is it something that emerges out of using directions and inhib inhibition and directions in in uh, in a more general way without any reference to a particular part of you. In other words, does it come out of that? I, I, and well, I think out it could of really body be, mapping, that kind of thing. I think it could be both. 
yes to, or uh, also, in different situations yeah um, if, if let's say your current big issue is neck tension which mm -hmm. I would be true of a lot of new students um if you if you're if you if they're starting to experiment with directions and the 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 kind of classic issue that comes up one of them is well how do i remember to even do that and if i if you're in that if you're following that path and you're going for a walk or lifting something or doing something you notice there's some you notice that old familiar tension in your neck creeping in that can serve as a great signal to bring back a, a direction that may have nothing specifically to do with your neck. Absolutely. You just, and, and I'm free or, you know, I'm not compressing myself. Those sorts of directions. And I don't think I'm unique in that for me, a neck tension was my main right. issue, not uh -huh. just a subordinate issue. <laughs> my <laughs> main it. thing, yeah. um, I say was, it, still can be but in a very different way from when I first started lessons right um but for really for the most part if not a hundred percent trying to direct specifically around this area was completely counterproductive it was more global directions mm -hmm. or maybe in the beginning um directing in a very different toward a very different part of my body um but, but it was uh, I would get in real trouble when I tried to direct my neck to be free or even to not to tense my neck even even a negative direction was not helpful to me for that specific area because it was too much of a trigger and a habit for me and and global directions right. were and, really helpful and i think i think the the argument i'm wanting to make at least tentatively is um having a specific piece of tension in mind when you're self-directing carries with it a great danger which is that you're going to be in the moment kind of interested in what happens to that pain or discomfort issue. and of course if you're in if that's a really um uh, area of concern great concern for you it'd be really hard not to use that as a even a sort of barometer of how you're doing exactly and, and, and um that's can be really tricky um because it takes you away from the direction that's yeah the, that's the problem you is it's if 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 um you're really focused if if you're really interested in what's going on with your neck and that's why you're even in this even taking alexander lessons mm -hmm. in the first place and so you're start you're using a self-direction even if it's not a self-direction that's specifically pointing to the neck, if even if it's a more general one, there's a part of you that's very likely to be, well, what's going on with my neck? I, mm -hmm. I just want to check in briefly. I know I'm not supposed to do anything, but that checking in is a kind of a doing. 
it is and it was it's it's something I've had to work with a lot because my habit was to be constantly checking my neck before Alexander and after I started Alexander you know mm. to see and it's there's tension in the checking let's put it like that which right. is right. yeah yeah and so that I mean that's kind of my basic point I'm not sure I I think it's a little unclear and, and you know, you read teachers descriptions of the Alexander technique and how it can help you and so on, like going on their website and just seeing what teachers say about it. There seems like there's often an implication that uh, you're, you, we're, we're going to help you become more self-aware so that you can, you can, um, um, better able to improve things. And I think that's a little tricky. In principle, it sounds great, but I think in practice, until we, until someone's become really good at thinking, self, doing using self-directions with absolutely no doing attached to them of any kind, including just checking in how's it working you know during during experiments that you do that 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 danger kind of kind of outweighs this the whatever advantages of the specific self-awareness that you might want to uh cultivate i think you'll get that self-awareness but sure. i think that statement is true mm -hmm. um and i can see what you're saying about it can be um, a pitfall if people try to do what the statement is, is saying. We've, yeah. we've had other talks, and I've quoted all the great teachers, the FM, of course, and then pretty much all the second generation teachers specifically address this. Mm. I think the most the strongest version of it comes from Marjorie uh, Barlow, Alexander's mm -hmm. niece. And she she addresses it very forcefully in her book. Um, can't oh, an unexamined life? An unexamined life, yeah. Where she, yeah. she uses the, she says, well, you know, the temptation to just help out a little bit you think eh, just a little bit's not going to hurt things, and she says, "Nope, not even a teeny weeny bit." Those are her words. Mm -hmm. You want to you you want to strive for just put out the direction, just the thought. Stuff may happen. You may you you may sort of notice it out of the corner of your mind, but you don't want to get drawn into it. Yeah, it, yeah it's yeah, yeah. it's a dead end. It's a dead end. Uh, and I've heard I've heard all kinds of teachers describe this in different ways. Bill Connable, who's like the sort of, I guess, the father, co-parent of uh, body mapping, a, a body mapping. Uh, I remember him once saying he was working with a student in a group and they were suddenly noticing a, a nice, useful change. And he said, now, this is a dangerous moment very dangerous moment because oh this is something that i've been concerned about has improved 
And it's really hard for me to get not get sucked into focusing on that. Wow, look at that. My ankles are free now and they weren't before or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think the other um the other side of it is that um I've seen some things written to the effect that, you know when you notice that something is happening, then you know how to inhibit that and direct that, you know, direct in a way. So we already addressed that, but I don't think you need to know. Sometimes we just know something's a bit off, but I don't know exactly where that is, right? We can tell that we're not as at ease as we would wish. We're not as sure. in as good use as we would wish but there's nothing specifically that's coming to our attention and I think in a way that's easier to deal with because you don't get sucked into um, but you absolutely don't need to know the specifics to be able to help yourself in the moment and sometimes I mean there's some specific examples where it can really pay not to get feedback um from your direction so for example i've um one a direction that can be very helpful uh to to a lot of people is something like i'm not breathing or my breathing is free or that sort of thing mm -hmm. and if you're just sitting quietly or lying down often your breathing will make a fairly dramatic change that you'll notice and then you have this problem we're talking about so for, for students like that, I sometimes suggest try that using that direction when you're in, in a more uh, in, in an actual activity where parts of your body are moving, like walking or running or climbing. So there's stairs. other things that you're paying attention to, that, not that, that just kind of swamp that the other and use that direction. My breathing is free in a situation where you're not likely, although some people that's they're good at doing that even in those but for i'd say most students if you if they're using a direction like i'm free uh, my breathing's free when they're when they're walking or running or doing a more rigorous uh, activity uh, they will notice other things happening perhaps when they talk about think about their breathing but they're not necessarily noticing the, the dramatic change that's happening in their breathing because it's swamped by arm and leg movements and mm -hmm. heart beating faster and all the rest of it. Um, so there's a specific time when you it's actually advantageous to have your student experiment in a situation where they're not going to sense the direct result of what they're uh, that's interesting so it's not in a really kind of quiet situation right. if you like. quiet situation yeah. you know even a small change in your breathing it can can seem fairly momentous mm -hmm. you know whereas if you're in the middle of a run or climbing some stairs it's very quite possible you won't even notice it and that would be a highly desirable thing from an experimental point of view because mm. it would keep you from circ circumventing the power of the direction itself so just you know me uh, to know. be devil's advocate <laughs> um 
that the the danger could be that oh I didn't notice anything working I'm not going to use that again <laughs> well maybe against the background of having explored it when they're lying down and they'll, but also it's it yeah. generally With what some, happens is yeah. they'll notice something else like they're running will be a little easier their footfalls yeah. will be a little less heavy it doesn't so I think that's seem with all... to have anything to do with any obvious connection with breathing so they're less likely since they're thinking about breathing and they're noticing something else it's easier to let go of that noticing because it doesn't it, that like you know it's interesting it does tell them that this direction is useful beyond just breathing because after all everything is connected with everything else and literally uh, so it's just a way around that problem but i think the ultimate way around it could be having no idea of what it is you're about to um change uh, well i think that would be what i would like to be behind on everyone's um um giving of a direction is just like this wondering i wonder what will happen when i give this direction even if it seems like a direction that's specific to an area like the breathing one mm -hmm. but still like i'm just wondering what happens in general and also that you don't have to notice anything mm -hmm. um and anything you do notice is sort of from afar you mentioned uh, earlier that it's kind of like at the corner of your eye that you just kind of yeah. like I sometimes just talk about I'm just having this very mild light interest as if it's something very far away from you that's happening right and we like have that. to distinguish between what's going on when you're running an experiment with yourself to test the direction so you use it and then you throw it away or you replace it with a nonsense thought and a lot oh, I'd say the majority not everybody, but the majority of students can play with that right away and notice a difference. Mm -hmm. So they, there they are noticing things, but but only as a way to gain some confidence in the usefulness of the direction. Right. But once mm -hmm. they've got that confidence, then the direction is something that they could and probably would be desirable for them to use during the day at random times and and maybe less than random times because they may notice some the old some old patterns kicking in some tightening or pain or discomfort which could serve as a reminder oh maybe time to renew those basic directions that don't necessarily have anything to do with the specific Thing you're no, but you have like you say like this confidence that this has been a useful yeah. thing in the past and it's this the idea of just kind of thinking it and letting it go out oh, there wow. and that you yeah. don't have to make anything we've talked all about that before we don't right. have to make it that's and that's yeah. pretty standard uh alexander yeah. uh i guess pedagogy or maybe and mm -hmm. i just and, and one another quote that that we talked about earlier uh, where Alexander is is uh, being interviewed by one of the teachers on his first trainees on his first training course, George Trevelyan, and he says he's he laments the fact he says none of my students will believe that all they have to do is think the thought and that will do the trick. Yeah, 
and he's kind of saying that too. Uh, yeah. And all of the, you know, we have quotes from Walter. Um, everybody pretty much has addressed this issue because I think it's it's a major issue in learning how to effectively how to be how to really have constructive conscious control which is what hopefully we're teaching people and mm -hmm. people are learning oh that's Indeed. all i got to say you know anything <laughs> else you want to add to this i think we've covered it <laughs> covered all the things that maybe we want to say about this particular topic so far <laughs> so far yeah and yeah. i i i specific i really like to hear from anyone who has a different take on this because it may be something we're missing here but to me Absolutely. the more i experiment the, the less important it is to be have that sort of traditional self-awareness while i'm directing no i just direct and it'll everything that's all i need to do and and to to put energy into into noticing when I haven't already happened and it hasn't already jumped out at me, that's effort. That's doing. It's it, yeah. Yeah, I um we we said we'd finish, but yeah. I often um think about like I don't have to go looking for things. It's like I can trust that if something needs my attention, I'm going to notice it right and and if if any a student gets to the point where they are uh, perfect let's say <laughs> no extra anything <laughs> then uh this what will happen when they direct self-direct in this way will be nothing will happen certainly nothing bad will happen nothing will happen and and uh, and maybe have you ever met such a student i have never <laughs> uh, i've met a couple i've had a few students that were pretty close to that mm. but never anyone who was like 100 percent there i mean alexander was asked once uh well there's a come there's a come a point when you don't have to self-direct anymore and he gave one of his typical alexander type answers which was yes uh, that point will come but when it comes you won't want to not direct and he, yeah yeah and that's a whole what do you mean by that you know mm -hmm. and i think there's some pretty good answers to that question but the, but the, um yeah anyway well yes. <laughs> let's end the conversation here um my, my guest has been imogen ragone an Alexander teacher in Wilmington, Delaware, and I'll put a link to her site by the interview and a, a link where you can get more information about the Alexander technique. And I think I'll also put a link to some material on self-directing. Um, okay, thank you so Sounds much. Good. Thank you.